Welcome, everybody. This is the U.S. Grace Force Podcast. I'm Doug Barry, along with my good friend, Father Richard Heilman. Our guest tonight, uh, a recurring guest and good friend of the Grace Force, is Father Chad Ripperger. We've got a great show about unlocking the secret to peace. Everybody is striving for this. We're built by God for this. But how do we find it? We're going to address all that tonight. Of course, everything starts with prayer. And Father Heilman, I always turn it over to you. Sure. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Hosts, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thank you very much, Father. I want to thank everybody out there who supports this Grace Force mission, the podcast, and all that we're trying to do here. Your prayers, your support, your encouragement is exceptional and means everything to us, especially our patrons out there. If you're interested, please click the link in the description below. The Patreon program is a great way to help support this work in this cancel culture time that we're living in. We need every Every bit of help, spiritual and natural, to get this word out to as many as possible. Also, don't forget to check out the official U.S. Grace Force gear page. Great t-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, the whole nine yards, men's, women's styles, everything you can imagine to help, again, get the word out, the message, get that out there and help people realize that we're in a battle and we need to be prepared for that battle. Tonight, we're going to be talking about unlocking the secret for peace. The demons don't want us to have peace and this is something Father uh, Ripperger is an expert in dealing with. And Father Howman, you've got a fantastic announcement, I know. So what is it? What are we here for tonight? Yeah, so I'm so excited, and I've been telling everybody this, but and, and I, I kept my powder dry, too, because I wanted to make this um, podcast that we're doing tonight the launch of what we're about to do. And here we are. It's the Feast of the Presentation. I think it's also cool that it's 2-2-22. I get into that kind of stuff. But uh, <laughs> anyway, but it's the Feast of the Presentation. And what we're doing here is we're just uh, opening up and, and the box and looking in and, and seeing, okay, what are we going to do? And this really has to do with um, a journey that starts uh, actually the day after Ash Wednesday. So uh, picture the Ash Wednesday and then the Feast of the uh, Visitation, which is uh, May 31st. Th there's kind of the sandwich, okay? But the 90 days between those two is, is a journey that we're all going to take together. Now, this is based on primarily, almost exclusively, mm. on the amazing teachings of Father Ripperger and uh, his team with Lieber Cristo, their findings that they've come to. And I'm in total agreement with this, listen, I, I got a licentiate or a, a, I got a STB in um, spiritual direction. I, I focused in this area. I'm, I'm, I'm a paper shy of a licentiate. <laughs> Anyways, uh, but uh, so I, I'm passionate about this and uh, spiritual direction, you know, getting people um, uh, with a quality spiritual life and, and what happens with that when, when that happens. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about what this 90-day journey is all about. and um, But Father, uh, thank you so much for coming on tonight, and thank you for all you're doing to help so many souls. We just went through two years of uh, you know, literal hell, uh, yeah. and there's just a lot of anxiety about there. There's angst. There's, um, there's even depression. Uh, and, and people, yeah. you know, in a sense, they feel like they're being attacked by the diabolical. And, and we, you know, you know and, and I, I, I believe what you teach too, you kind of know the answer to helping people to, to find that way to peace. Mm 
in their lives. And and I, so that's what we want to talk about tonight. But maybe, Father, could you start uh, by uh, helping us understand how what Libra Cristo is all about, you know, what what kind of brought that about, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, what you're hoping to do with that. <coughs> yeah, sorry, excuse me. Yeah, I'd be happy to actually. Um, originally, when we were in Oklahoma, we actually had, um, we were seeing, um, the last time we kept statistics, which was in 2015, we were keeping statistics of the number of people that were contacting us. And in that year, over 2,000 people actually contacted us to, um, to, to seek help. We talked to 600 people on the phone over the course of the year, and that takes quite a bit of time. Um, we vetted it down to visiting or actually seeing 150 people. And out of that 150 people, only three ended up with that were possessed. Now, some had diabolic obsession, but um, most did not. And so um, the time element in that was significant. So when we moved to Denver, I told the other priests, I said, well, I don't want to continue doing that. We have to set up a structure to, to adjust that. Well, now, it was about that time that we took on Kyle Clement, who is actually my lay assistant. He's technically speaking what we call my case, uh, the case facilitator. And basically his, uh, his job as a case facilitator is to lead people through this protocol that we established. Um, and the protocol, which, uh, and so we, we established Libra Cristo, which basically promotes and trains people in uh, this protocol. And this protocol is essentially a four-phase protocol. So I don't know if you want me to get into the four phases a bit or if, yes, uh, how much do you uh, want me to do Yes, please. It's fascinating. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So what we did is... Oh, is I'm sorry, Father. If, if yeah. I can interrupt first, just so the audience knows, the 2,000 requests approximately that you got, these are people that in general believe that they might have a diabolical issue of some sort or... That's what, correct. What's yeah. that? What's yeah. That so those mean? are the people that think that they might need the assistance of a priest to help pray over them in order to get rid of some type of diabolic affliction. Okay. Um, the statistics that we had last year is, um, if I'm not mistaken, it's right around 10,000 people contacted us. So it's it's ramping oh. up. Now, some of that could just be because people are getting to know that we're here. But I think a lot of that is that things are getting worse, as you mentioned, Father, in the very right. beginning. This last two years has been particularly mm -hmm. bad. But um, statistically, we have not found that, that those numbers that we saw when we were in Oklahoma has, have not really changed much. So what we, what we did, decided to do is in this, we designed a four-phase protocol, and it addressed several issues that we were facing. Um, the first was, and it, I'll just mention a couple of them. Sometimes people would get liberated, and then they didn't have any catechesis. They didn't have any spiritual formation. They didn't even have a connection with the parish. They had nothing. And so you're, they were like, they kept the exorcist saying, what do we do about aftercare? So what we did is we front-loaded that, and you'll see how that works um, beforehand. But then the other part of it was, too, is that people would come to us, and out of the third of the people that we had diagnosed, okay, yeah, we think you're possessed, and or we see that there is this preternatural occurrence, and so it's our diagnosis that there's this possession, et cetera, that out of those people that we would start working with, a third of them would just bail because it was just too much work. It was too difficult for them to do, and they just didn't want to do it. They'd bail almost immediately. Then you'd get about a third of the people, another third of the people who would go for a little while, and then it would start getting rough because like any other kind of warfare, it gets difficult. And so they would bail on us at that point. And so only about a third would end up going the distance. And I thought, you know, we've got to get it to the point where that third that we know is going to go the distance, that we maximize our helping those people. 
Um, so, and then we try and do this, help these other people along, but if they're simply not going to do what they need to do in order to get rid of this diabolical affliction, then we better, it's better that we focus on the people who will actually go the distance. So what we did is we designed this protocol. The first phase is um, what we call the prayer prescription. And basically it's initial 30 days, but once they start and continue working with us, they have to continue doing this uh, prayer prescription all the way to the end. And even after that, we tell them just to continue doing it. Um, because it's, uh, which we'll see here in a minute. But the first um, phase of the protocol was designed because most people coming to us don't have any form of prayer life. They don't even know how to pray a lot of times. And so we would say, okay, these are the prayers that we want you to say. We don't want you doing anything else. We want you to do these. And there's a reason for that, not doing anything else. We want you to do these. Um, obviously, they still had to go to mass and confession, et cetera. But we right. want you doing these prayers. The prayers... The one that people always try and negotiate on is the Angelus, noon, six, and, and uh, mm -hmm. or six, noon, and six, because they don't want to get up at six o'clock. And <laughs> that it's that it's because of that that we realize these people are very undisciplined spiritually. And that's why the demons are afflicting them. So even right. if they're going to mass regularly, even if they're getting to confession, they don't have a disciplined prayer life and they don't have any sense yes. of mortification. Yes. So what we discovered is that we set up this prayer prescription to establish that discipline and start giving them the habits that were necessary to have that discipline so that when, and if they, and once they got through the other stages of the protocol, and then we actually started working with them, they already had a spiritual discipline. And since we've done that, we've never had anybody bail. They've always gone the distance. And so this is the reason why we actually did that, but it also gets the, that discipline because of that, it clears out a lot of the diabolic influence because a lot of demons are in people's lives because they're just undisciplined and the demons are e they're easy prey and demons can attack them. So once they started getting this discipline, we found that about 60 to 70% of the people, it just clears out the, the diabolic influence wow. that they actually have. And we don't have to, we don't even have to, they don't have to see us. So they, they do that. So the other thing is, is we did it as kind of a pre-diagnostic I'm not going to tell what the patterns are because I don't want to prejudice anybody who might end up getting, seeking our help at some point. Mm. But the patterns, if they started doing this very specific prayer prescription, what we found out is that the patterns that we would normally see by praying over people for a while that you would see with a possession or obsession or oppression, or even if it was just psychological, those patterns would start to emerge initially. So it was a pre-diagnostic. So just doing those in the first 30 days, we began to get a sense of, where the problems actually are. And so it was a kind of a pre-diagnosis. Now, what that meant is, is that normally speaking in the past, people would come to us and we've had to pray over them for a couple of months to get a sense of where things were actually at. Now we don't have to do that. This starts to begin that process mm -hmm. in the beginning. Then the second stage of the protocol is um, what we call the removal of obstacles and basically uh, uh, obstacles to grace. And basically what that is, is, making sure all their sacraments are up to date. Are you baptized? Are you confirmed? Because a lot of people aren't even confirmed. Are you in a valid marriage? Because a lot of times people come to us and they're not even in valid marriages or there's some irregularity or something's happening. You know, making sure they're not contracepting in their marriage, making sure that the um, authority structure is being properly followed in the home so that there's right order within the home and things of that sort. Do they have the proper catechesis? Do they know their faith, etc.? So we get that all cleared up and we find that if there's diabolic influence that kind of produces through the first phase, by the time they get through the second phase, about 80% of those people are cleaned up in the total that goes through those two wow. phases. So we don't even have, again, we don't have to see them. Diabolic obsession 
people can self-liberate just by doing this protocol and going through the second phase. Sometimes wow. they just do it by doing the, the first phase. Wow. Um, oppression gets cleaned up primarily in the first phase, we find. Wow. Um, possession will start to, it becomes clearer and clearer because there's specific patterns that we're going to see, especially as they get through the second phase. <clears throat> when they started getting into the third phase. So if they get through the second phase, they've, they've maintained their prayer life. And so they're de developing that discipline, right? Which is a sign also that they're getting closer and closer to God, which itself will drive the demons at bonkers anyway. So they're getting closer to God. And the second phase removes the obstacles to grace. So their life of grace is becoming more habitual. They're leading a habitual life of grace, which means that when we finally get to pray with them, um, that means that their prayers are efficacious right. on the side of merit to get the demons out so that they can do their part and to actually help the spiritual warfare. And we find that if they do, if they go through those first two phases, when they get to us in the fourth phase, which we take over if the case is actually a case of possession, what we find out is, is that their liberation is much more rapid because we've removed what we, uh, Kyle calls them ancillary demons, or basically things that need to be removed before you get down to brass tacks of what's the real root of the problem or what's right. the, who's the demon that's really in charge here. So the, if they get through the second phase and it's starting to still show signs that the oppression or the uh, obsession is still really heavy, but it seems to be working to some degree, but it's not breaking, or if possession starts to be indicated, then we'll have them, we'll hook them up with a local priest who then starts prayers, um, doing um, minor exorcisms over them. It's not extensive. It's just, it's, we call it the slow grind. If you put demons on the slow grind, eventually they can't take it and they'll come to the surface. So during that third phase, usually it takes about a month to two months. If the person's possessed, the priest will see something that's preternatural. There'll mm -hmm. be a preternatural occurrence. If it's diabolic obsession and they're following the protocol, it might need a little bit of adjustment in the prayers that we suggest, but usually by the time they get to that end of that third phase, then diabolic obsession is removed. So then we don't even have to, we, again, we don't have to see oh. them. Then if it does become a case where there's a preternatural manifestation, then it's passed off to us as an exorcist. And then we start the solemn sessions. We actually do the diagnostic and it's a, uh, it's a solemn session. So that being the case, then because they've got all this discipline already built up and they've been from having been on the protocol for a few months, they've removed all their obstacles to grace. They're, they're coming much closer to God. They're actually by that time leading a habitual life of grace. The liberation comes very rapidly. It's much wow. quicker. And then because they've gotten catechesis along the way, when they're liberated, they got the catechesis. They've already had contact with a priest. So they have contact with the parish. All those things that, were, that were, we were seeing a problem afterwards, we've front-loaded, and so now we don't have to address those. So that's what Libra Christo generally is. That's what the general protocol is. And Libra Christo is there to facilitate um, two things. One, to help people to, in the, to follow the protocol. But the other part is to train lay people and priests in what the protocol is and how, how um, they can help in that process. Father, uh, thank you so much. I mean, uh, and I've been watching... Uh, you and your Libra Crystal team, you, we've had you on the podcast in the past. Mm -hmm. um, and so you've, you've, uh, you've, you've, you've talked about this before. Uh, thanks for bringing everyone up to speed just now. I mean, this is fascinating. And here's, here's why, especially for me, uh, I do love spiritual direction. I have a passion of, about it. And I will have people come and see me and they're experiencing something, you know, maybe it's just a, uh, some disruption in the family, you know, the marriage or something right. like that. 
and I'll listen to them. And my first question is, how's your spiritual life? Can you describe exactly. it? Exactly. Yep. Yes. That's and, exactly and it. I want to get to that place first <laughs> and see, see what we can do there because why, and this gets to what we're, what we're planning on doing. And it's ba- again, it's, it's all based on all the great teaching that you and your team have, have done. We want to get to that place of peace. You know, I love that reading from Jeremiah where uh, uh, the, the one who, who, uh, who looks for, for man is, is that dry um, bush in a barren desert, right? Uh, right. So, yeah. yeah. It, versus one who seeks their hope and confidence in the Lord is like they're beside restful waters. And, you know, and, and that's the place that we want to get people to. We want to get, I right. call it getting back into, 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 uh, into paradise, you know, Adam and Eve into the garden right. of Eden where you're in the presence of God, where you're in his arms, where, uh, where, where again, that peace comes, but, but that comes through actually disciplining. And I, I got to tell you what we're about to do uh, this during these 90 days coming up is something that I actually took on myself beginning at January 1st. And I, I can't begin to describe the peace that I've had. And also I'm seeing some preternatural things myself uh, happening in my life. And I'm, I'm, I'm beginning to um, to recognize, you know, what God is up to more. Uh, I'm seeing things line up. I'm seeing, you know, how I like to say dots connected and all all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's it's really amazing, and you know, literally your heart starts pumping even more. Um, and so this is what we're going to do. And I and Father, I think it's it goes to mostly your level one, where you mm-hmm. said if people get into this. Um, I call it a, a best practices or, or baseline spiritual protocol, the right. discipline of spiritual protocol that, 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 that gets you in uh, tight. You're well connected to God. I was, I was talking about this uh, not too long ago. And I said, you know, we got to be careful the way we, we treat our faith. Some people I think, and I've been a follow this too. We treat it like a good, good luck charm. So I yep. better go to church and I better do this because I might have bad luck if I don't. Where, where's the intimacy in that? Where, you know, where's the love? It, it, when, when, you're treat, when, when you do things uh, or else you might, you might get punished if you don't. Uh, can you speak to that, Father? Yeah, I, I think that, uh, well, there's several things that you said that I think were really important. I think that when we work with people, one of the things that we stress over and over again is that liberation is not about getting demons out of your life liberation is about union with god yes ultimately and this is the this is the um kyle likes to call it reconciliation with god because in a sense now people can be in the state of grace and still be diabolically influenced but that uh, affliction in our apparent life that 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 part of that life needs to be reconciled to God. God needs to be fully in that part of the life. And the way we do that is get the demons out, obviously. But the point is, is that it's really about union with God, which is the key thing. I think that uh, there's a, a fundamental misunderstanding that a lot of people have, even when they come to us, and even among some of the best of Catholics, which I think is kind of gets to what you're saying, which is this. Peace is not the absence of external battle or the, the absence of external attack. That's not what peace is. Peace, as St. Augustine uh, defined it as, the tranquility of order. And in human beings, that natural law that God put in us means that all the 
inclinations of the natural law in the various faculties are all properly ordered mm. to the ends to which they were designed. And ultimately, all of those faculties have God as their remote end. And so in the end, true peace comes at the closer you get to God, the more you actually have that peace. And, and in the process, you want to clear out this other these external distractions and, the, and diabolic influences, etc. But if you're working on getting closer to God and ordering your faculties, because that's what we see with people as they get through the end of the protocol, they're much more orderly internally. Yeah. And so as a result of that, even the, even the people, not necessarily during the times in what uh, we call crisis where the demons are attacking them, but outside of that, the, the level of peace that these people have because their life has become rightly ordered to God. And this means two things. This means two things. It means don't come to an exorcist or even to another priest thinking that he needs to get rid of these problems and then you'll be okay. No, that's not what the issue is. The issue is you need to get closer to God and these other things will either go away on their own or they'll become the means of getting even closer to him. Nice. One of the two. Doug, I got to bring you in, but I got I to just say one thing because uh, awesome father, because the first thing that, that popped into my mind when you were talking about order is the line just before the consecration of the mass. And I always slow down right there. Order yeah. our days in your peace. I just yeah. love that line. I love that line. And right. we're about to see the consecration and that line comes. I'll just say that. I just love it. So I just love what you just said there. And it's so true. Doug, go ahead. Yeah, Sorry. Go ahead, Doug. No, no, Father, you were going to comment on Father. I was just going to say one last thing, and that basically boils down to this, which is, you know, if you really want true peace, because I've seen people who are suffering tremendously, but the interior recollection and peace that they have, because everything that they're doing is rightly ordered, it doesn't matter what's going on externally, they're okay. And this is the real lesson for the last two years. The reason this stuff has afflicted people spiritually um, and internally is because, A, they're giving it too much tension, which is disordered, and they're not focusing on God. If they had their life, their spiritual lives disciplined and rightly ordered towards God, this stuff, it might be a bit of a burden, but it's but it would be used to their sanctification and even to their greater peace in the end. The wow. reason people don't have any peace is because they're not focusing, they're not ordering their faculties to the one thing that will give it to them, and that's God. And I, I, that's why I was saying connect the dots, because I've been experiencing that since January 1st, mm -hmm doing this protocol, uh, the, the order it's, it's, uh, that's what, what my connected dots was my way of saying the same thing, you know, that to, to just see things line up one after another and it blows you away. It, it's, it's incredible right. order. Go ahead, Doug. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. Well, so I didn't know. <laughs> no, the, <laughs> no, the whole idea of order in father Ripker, if you could speak to the, the fact that, or the position of the natural things in our day-to-day -day lives, like for example, is your house, like a train wreck mess is it disordered are you hoarding things are you taking care of your health are you are, do those things play into this very much because there are people who separate out completely their spiritual life from their natural life i can eat how i want do what i want be disordered and all these natural things but as long as i'm praying and going to mass and sacraments i'm okay is there a connection can the natural help when we order that the right way for the right reasons can that help the spiritual yeah, you know, it's kind of funny as you're talking, it reminds me of that line from Jordan Peterson, which, by the way, if that guy doesn't end up Catholic, I'll be shocked. He's I know, right? Yeah. yeah he's had it he, because he he's honestly really wants to know the truth. He's got some of the principles, but as things start to sort themselves out in his life, yeah. I think he'll be there. But that being yeah. said, 
but he just said, you know, if you want to, if you want to get your life together, get your act together, first thing you do is clean your room. Okay. Hmm. There is a principle yep. and this is what people tend to deny. The principle is the cause is always some way in the effect. If people's externals are disordered, it's a sign of internal disorder. Mm. You can't separate those two. And the point, I mean, obviously, sometimes you can be like, you can have women who are extremely orderly themselves internally, et cetera, but then they got six kids and the kids are creating mayhem and there's a little <laughs> bit of a disorder. But right. then the, the, she, her natural tendency is to start picking things up, et cetera. The point being is, is that people who are slobs in their external life, that's just an indicator that there's some lack of discipline internally. And so one of the ways that people can actually start getting a little bit of semblance of just order from their externals is I think a couple of things. One is just put your things in order, you know, clean your room, clean your house, get these things straightened out, get rid of all. Get, I always tell everybody happiness is an empty email box. But um, so, uh, <laughs> but the, uh, the other part of it is, um, you know, a person who is just naturally recollected and really working on their interior discipline themselves will just naturally start straightening those things out. So mm -hmm. they'll find that that comes. But the other thing is, too, is I think one of the things that's contributing a lot to the chaos is just one of the things we do in the protocols, we put people on a media fast. We tell them no computers, no cell phones, no this, no that for the 30 days. And part of the reason we do that is because we, you got to detoxify people. But people spend so much time on that you know, that they're literally committing the sin of idleness. The fact that people will watch hours of videos all night long and they think there's nothing wrong with that. Well, you're just sitting there idle. What did you really gain from any of it? Right. You know? right. And so, but, but also it's um, that even these electronic things, even though we can use them as instruments and there is a right order in relationship to that, they can cause external disorder just by the constant attention they're right. dragging us this way and that. And so part of your externals getting that straightened out is not just this, the items that you have around you, but also the electronic stuff, making sure that's in order as well. Right. I was thinking about, you know, order, uh, and here's the word I'll, I'll put in that, that gets us to order is the right prioritizing is yeah. what I was thinking about when you, when you <laughs> talked about, you know, the electronics and all that, uh, it, it, they're not necessarily evil, evil in and of themselves, but if they take up all of our time, if they have the highest priority at the exclusion of, of right. everything that's, that's, uh, necessary and good in our lives. Right. Father. Yeah, that's true. You know, at one time I was talking to this guy and I said, well, what do you do in the evenings to decompress? He says, oh, I spend a couple of hours watching videos on YouTube. So I said, do you do that every night? Yeah. I said, you do realize you're spending 730 hours a year <laughs> watching videos. Wow. <laughs> I said, why don't you just read some light literature or something, read some light, at least ennoble yourself in that way. And so he started doing it, of course, but it's, I think that that's, yeah, that's, that's true. It's a matter of prioritizing. Where's your priorities? But, I, but part of the discipline spiritually can actually be, okay, I'm going to be disciplined about these things because right. electronic devices require an inordinate amount, I mean, a very strong amount of discipline right. in order to use them in a, right, a perfectly rightly ordered and virtuous right. manner. But so you got that. But then also, you know, people can start developing that interior discipline. I'm going to create order in my exterior things because, Order in reality gives glory to God, right? right? And, I, and they can't be obsessive about it, but it, they can at least make sure that there's a certain order so that they're giving glory to God and that itself will help their interior discipline.
Father, I want to get into the nuts and bolts then about this 90 days, speaking of order. You know, I'm a kind sure. of a nuts and bolts kind of guy. And uh, listening to you, learning from you, doing my study, my, my spirit, uh, background in spiritual direction, um, I, I started thinking to myself, okay, how can we get to that protocol, that best practices spiritual protocol that you keep advocating? And, and, uh, and so here's what I did. And I've been working on this for several months now. And praise God, it's, mm -hmm. it's coming out this week and it's ready for everybody. But what I did, Father, is, uh, well, first of all, let me say this. In psychology, they have, they, they, they have what's called 2190. And what mm -hmm. that is, is that to, in order to develop a habit, they say uh, it takes 21 days. And what they mean by the 21 days is, okay, it's no longer climbing Mount Everest to try to do this any longer. You know, it's right. kind of get, I'm kind of getting into it. But then 90 days, after 90 days, you, you're lost without it. It's ingrained. And right. so, so this is set up uh, in, in, that, in that way, that, that we're going to take 90 days and we're going to get strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. And that's going to bring the peace. We're going to get strong in the discipline of our spiritual life. And so what I did is I took the protocol that you advocate, the one that uh, the church advocates, the one that has been revealed by God through, the, through Mary and the saints, as the best possible prayers, you mentioned the Angelus, that's one of them, of course, the Rosary. And right. let's put it together in an easy way while we're actually, and this is the one that, Father, in all my years of priesthood, I've, I've discovered that very few people are actually doing this one, and it's called mental prayer or meditating, right? That's right. Where they actually yeah. take time out where they just get silent. And it's, uh, somebody pointed out the other day that the word silent and listen use the same letters. But, yeah. but they just stop. And what are they doing there? They're getting intimate with the Lord. And, and you know, what do you want to say to God? What, what are you hearing from God? And, and then to be able to journal that, okay? And again, not on an iPad or a, or a cell phone, but actually on a, on a book. And then right. I, I, so I designed this. And here it is. Drum roll, please. <laughs> <laughs> Here it is. Isn't that beautiful? That's leather. That very good. Okay. And those are leather edge pages. There's your ribbons there. Okay. This is a 90-day journal. It's called the Peace Through Strength Prayer Journal. And actually, the design of the cover, too, is uh, inspired by uh, what soldiers carried around in World War II. That's called uh, My Military Missile. And you can see... It has the, the positioning of everything on the cover there. But on the back, it actually has a rosary. And so does this, okay? But this thing, I am so excited about this. Uh, and I want all of our United States Grace Force, let's do this. We need to get disciplined to the best of our ability on the best practices, the baseline spiritual protocol so that we can move with peace, with resolve, where we become better listeners, so we can we can uh, better discern the will of God, uh, so that we become more intimate with God. And as you say, Father, uh, by doing all that, and I heard you say at one point or another time, you keep the devil and the demons at bay. It's it's yeah. almost like a protection around yourself because. You have this force of love that you're that you're locked into, and the devil's not invited into any of that. I, I'm just so excited about this. So we're actually going to make sure uh, uh, you can go to RomanCatholicGear.com and pick this up. Um, and 
uh, and we want everybody to make sure they have this uh, so that we start the day after Ash Wednesday. That'll be March 3rd. Ash Wednesday is March 2nd, March 3rd. And we go up to May 30th, which is the day before the visitation. And then on the Feast of the Visitation, which was one of my favorite feasts, because that's what I was born on June 24th. That's the birthday of John the Baptist. So the visitation is when Mary sees Elizabeth and, and John the Baptist leaps his womb, but they're just beside themselves. You know, they're so excited. And my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in the God and Savior. You know, that, the, the, the Magnificat that Mary says. But what also she says in there too, he has cast down the mighty from their thrones. He has uh, sent the rich away empty. Uh, you know, and we're, we're being pummeled by tyrants. And as you said earlier, Father, uh, by demons who just feel that they're in charge, that they're emboldened, that, 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 that this is their time. Um, and look at the prayer that Mary prays at that time. Cast down the mighty from their thrones. You know, uh, it's, it's amazing. And they do need such excitement. So we're going to do our consecration on May 30th. One last thing that we're going to do here too, and this is the unveiling that I'm giving right now, is that on May 27th, which happens to be my anniversary of priesthood, but that's not why we're doing it, because it's nine days leading up to Pentecost. And we're going to do the most ancient Pentecost or most ancient novena that all our novenas were built upon is the Pentecost novena leading up to June 5th. Now, awesome. And we're going to ask for the power of the Holy Spirit to come in us. But here's why we're going to get super strong. We're going to get tight in. We're going to have grace flowing through us so that we can. And here's what's happening in June. That's when they launch, the USCCB launches the three year. Uh, Eucharistic revival, okay, and they're launching it on Corpus Christi, which I think is June 16th this year. Um, they're launching it on Corpus Christi. The other thing that's happening, the Supreme Court is taking up the Mississippi case that could bring Roe v. Wade down. June is huge, okay. June is huge. We're gonna get ready like we've never been before, and so please, everybody, make sure you get. Your peace through strength prayer journal at romancatholicgear.com. But but also, Father, and I want to thank you too because I've been bouncing this off you all along, and and I know that uh, that I, you think this is a good idea, right? I do. Yeah, actually, you had sent me the uh, the PDF before it actually right. came out, and I had a chance to actually review it. And the th there's two aspects to it that I like. Is one is it, it helps people to gain that discipline, which you mentioned, right. and the stress is on also the meditation because, right. uh, and as people have heard me say, meditation uses our imagination, which basically means that um, the demons, when they're attacking our imagination through temptation or emotions, which are moved by what's in the imagination, then the more we meditate, the more we're going to feel that peace that take over just right. by driving the demons out i mean this is one right. of the things that and i think this is one of the things i've been having to recommend more and more today as things get more and more difficult for people especially to, to maintain their psychological balance and how bad everything is but also just in the spiritual warfare itself i'm like you're going to have to start doing meditation it's the only way yes. you're going to keep that peace and it's also um it's the way to order your soul to in relationship to it i think that one of the other things i was pleased to see is is that um, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Father, is that basically this is based on the Libra Cristo structure. So it is. That, you know, it's totally so, based on that. And so the, the advantage, the real beauty of this is, is that the Libra Cristo is stuff that we tend to encourage priests and exorcists and people, and we put people on it that are coming to see us. But 
they don't necessarily, I mean, people can do our protocol that aren't coming to see us, but the advantage of this is that they have something tangible, which can help guide them through That's right. the actual, basically, basically following the first phase of the protocol without going through the phase, phase first phase of the protocol. And, and I don't plan on making an app for this because I want people to put their phone or their computer in the other room yeah. and spend time, intimate time with our Lord. And, you know, whatever comes, you have a pen with your journal and just uh, jot notes. Here's what I want to say to you, Lord. And here's what I'm hearing you say to me. And again, I've been doing this since January 1st because I think I always had a good prayer life. But I, I, you know, you get undisciplined. Well, you know, I didn't do the rosary today or, you know, I missed the Angelus or, you know, and I, I did, I just, I was determined January 1st. No, no, no. I am, I am checking all the boxes. I'm going to make sure that I do every uh, prescribed prayer. And again, these are the ones that the, the, the Muslim mother and the saints prescribed that was the soul revealed by God for, uh, right. with them. So they're the best. Okay, they're the best. They're the ones our great grandparents play, prayed all the time. And I love oh, yeah. that Angelus painting where they're out in the field, you know, and the church is in the distance. Well, what are they doing? It's the name of the painting is called the Angelus. They stopped. We've gotten undisciplined. We're, we we got to return to the discipline of our our ancestors, right, Father? Absolutely. I think the other thing is too is is that as everyone would agree that the world is in a bad way and right. it's, and it's spiraling down very rapidly. <laughs> That also means that the spiritual warfare is, is continually increasing. Right. And it means that we don't live in a time where people can be undisciplined and expect to have an easy life. It's right. just not, we don't live in those times. There, right. it, it, as things get harder, they're going to have to develop discipline if for no other reason than to just keep their sanity on one level. Right. But, but, but be able to maintain their... Um, their uh, focus on God and being able to lead a good Catholic life. It's just going to have to become more and more disciplined just yeah. to get through what's, what's coming. I think. Yeah. Father Ripperger, we, um, my, we, for our TV show for EWTN, I do battle ready. Uh, the name of the show battle ready. We interviewed uh, both Jesse Romero and Dan Schneider. And I know they, they both work with you on different things. Yeah. And Dan brought up this very point about prayer and discipline. And I'd like, if you could emphasize this, cause you've mentioned it already and I really would love the audience to hear it because when Dan said it, and I've heard this before, but when Dan said it so directly in the interview, it, it really struck me and has really affected me in a, in, a, in a powerful way. I've always believed the importance of discipline, but he made this statement to, these, to, the, to this effect, words to this effect, that the demons despise and are deeply affected by the prayers, but they also despise and are deeply impacted by, by the discipline. That it isn't, right. I mean, discipline, I've always said, oh, it's good to be disciplined. But he was saying it as if when you're disciplined, the demons have a very, very hard time dealing with you because your free will has chosen to live a disciplined life. And that alone makes it difficult when it's, when it's brought into spirituality and so forth. That alone makes it difficult. And then you made mention earlier about people not wanting to get up at 6 a.m., because I don't pray the angels because it's and that kind of shows a certain type of, un, of lack of discipline. Can you speak to the power, really the power of just discipline in and of itself being uh, when it's done for the right reasons to order things correctly and all being a weapon that can be used. Cause that's really what father Heilman's talking about here. That's what Libra Christopher is. Yeah. It's all about the power of discipline itself. Yeah. There's actually two aspects to it. The first is um, the fact that when you're disciplined, 
The demons don't want to attack you. And they, because of the fact that they know because of the discipline, you, they're likely to take a pretty bad beating in the process because you're going to buckle up and you're going to do what you have to do in order to get the job done. Cause that's what someone who's disciplined it does. Mm-hmm. But it also means that um, you're going to have the virtues that will, are, well, that'll go along with that, which they find just the very fact that, cause they, let's put it this way. They love easy prey. They love people who just acquiesce and people who don't who fight because they have this discipline. They just really, find that annoying they find it abhorrent because it's contrary to what they want there's a second part to it too and this is something that saint thomas says he says when an action is clothed in virtue and by that he means that the person is performing the action from the point of having virtue in the faculty that's executing the action he said that it is done with greater ease it's actually more pleasing to god because it has greater right order and that in the end, it's actually more beautiful because it's actually, that's the way the thing is supposed to be structured and designed. And so when, when we're disciplined, it means we have a certain level of virtue. And then as a result of that, the demons find just coming up against the manifestation of that virtue in your battle with them, just absolutely abhorrent. And so it's, it's, it's those two kind of, kind of things that kind of come together in combination. And um, just so I can put in uh, a, uh, another plug for Father's book, I think one of the aspects of it is that um, the, uh, by doing this book, you know, I mentioned that things are going to get harder and they're going to get more difficult. But at least but if they start doing what's in Father's book and they're doing it consistently, as things get worse, it will become easier for them to actually deal mm. with it because they'll have the virtue, they'll have the discipline in order to deal with these things as they come. Can I use a quick one of the images I use with the uh, introduction to the journal is the image of uh, Peter walking on water and he's got Mm -hmm. He's locked in to the face of, of, of our Lord. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden he decides, Nope, I'm going to pay attention to the storm. And he, he begins to sink. And that's the lesson that that I think that's what you were just talking about. Father is, is that um, we're, we're going to face challenges in our life still. But we're going to have right. the peace of knowing Jesus is right there with us, and and we'll we'll uh, get through this. Um, That's right. One, one of the things too I wanted to mention is uh, again I love the line in the Canon of the Mass just before the consecration: "Order our days in your peace." I slow it way down, but you know what comes right after that? And command that we be delivered from eternal damnation and counted among the flock of you, those you have chosen. It's literally like an exorcism, right? Um, right, yeah. Right, right after we point out that, that it's that order. So, you know, the, the name of our podcast tonight is, uh, is um, what, what is it? It's uh, Unlocking, unlocking the, secret the Secret to Peace. And I, it, this is it. It, it, it. A big part of that is that disciplined prayer, but getting tight in as close as you can to the Lord um, uh, and finding that, that beautiful order that comes from that. Yes, Father? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Like I said before, getting the, getting the difficulties out of your life isn't going to give you peace ultimately right. internally. Right. It might things might be quiet outside, right. but internally, the only way you're going to get that peace is by having that union with God, and that's yep. only going to happen when you're disciplined in being consistent in doing these things. Yep. Yeah, it makes me think of Father John Harden. You know, before he passed away, he made the statement. That um, this was around the year 2000. I think he died around 2000, give or take. I'm not mistaken. But he said that, uh, Father John Harden, that ordinary Catholics will not survive these times. Only heroic Catholics will. Words to that effect. 
Sounds like that's what you're saying, Father Ripperger. And along those lines, I know before we began the, the, the podcast tonight, you were talking uh, a little bit about, to Father and I, about that you're seeing just good Catholics out there, faithful Catholics who are feeling an increase of, of attack. Uh, yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Because I think there's a lot of good Catholics out there who watch the program. They're trying to be faithful. They're, going, they're receiving the sacraments. They're striving for holiness. And yet we just feel like we're getting you know, just pummeled left and right. You know, it's discouragement or it's um, all of a sudden I get this wave of, ah, I can't do it. I'm, I'm afraid. Whatever well, it might be, or families are falling apart. Speak to that if you could a little. Uh, you, when you said, do you want to speak to it? I almost said no. But okay. no <laughs> it's up to you. You're the guest tonight. <laughs> no, actually, yeah, what we're, what we're starting to notice, it's a phenomenon that we've seen in about the last six months, maybe a little bit more, is that Good, faithful Catholic, Catholics who are going to Mass on a regular basis, who are going to confession on a regular basis, they're, they're saying their prayers, they're even disciplined to a large degree, they're actually growing in holiness, they're ascending the levels of prayers, etc., are noticing a drastic ramp up in attacks and um, stuff that we would normally not see among people that are leading, you know, pretty good holy lives, you know, you just didn't see it too often. Um, and the, the types of things that they're actually, the types of attacks that you're dealing with. And so it, I think that things are ramping up spiritually. Um, I think some of it is, as Father and I have talked about, is the demons are getting more bold and audacious in all of this. And they're just, you know, and part of it is because is I still think that they're, they're, um, they know their time is short and it's, right. it's, it's coming. Um, it doesn't mean that we're not about to go through a horrific thing. I told, I've been telling people that watch the prior time I was with you that, yeah, I said that he said the time is short, but it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. But that being said, um, I think that even what I've noticed is, is that even God is allowing the attacks in these people's lives because he wants yet another level of discipline or another level of sacrifice or another level of prayer from them that they wouldn't necessarily have to do if they weren't under these kinds of attacks the other thing is, is i've mentioned um uh and in fact it was right there at your parish father um, when i gave that conference i made the observation that demons are in people's lives because god wants to use them as instruments of our sanctification right. and so god's the levels of spiritual warfare i'll warfare. never forget that talk father yeah so uh. that that the um that is still true here even it's though true. The, the heroes are being called to be even more heroic. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Yep. And so if we, God, God in people's spiritual life doesn't stop. He doesn't right. let you rest. He constantly is dragging you right. to a higher level of yep. perfection. And that just requires, again, more discipline, more sacrifice, and more prayer. Yep. Yeah. Can, I, can I make an analogy on this? It, it, yeah. it, very, it seems to me, Father, you tell me if I'm on the money or wrong on this, if I'm all you know, thinking wacky here. It seems to me a lot like the idea of just physical conditioning. You can do the general kind of get in good shape. But when yeah. you start stepping into, like when I competed in powerlifting years ago, you know, your, your sets and repetitions, you're moving a lot of weight, but it's harder. You're sore, but you're yeah. conditioning yourself to handle it and or, or relate it to Navy SEAL or Green Beret training yes. where general foot soldier, good guys, good men, women out there ready to go. But when you take it to the level of special operations, right. now you're really put through the mill, but you're intensifying yeah. and increasing right. in your conditioning and your training, and you're becoming that much better prepared to handle whatever mission you might get thrown into, which could just be, you know, off the charts challenging. 
but you're ready for it. It's similar, you think, in those analogies? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's exactly what it is. And, you know, even as an exorcist, I noticed this 15 years ago when I first started about it. You know, I was saying the office consistently and I was doing my prayers, etc. Um, and but I wanted to increase my prayer life. Um, in fact, I told God, you know, make me a man of prayer about Two months after I started doing exorcism work, I said to him, this isn't what exactly I had in mind. <laughs> but, uh, but, the, uh, but the thing is, is that um, and even now, even though the level of attacks, because we have a lot of prayer that keeps a lot of that at bay and stuff, I still get attacked from time to time in specific cases in very specific ways that God allows for two reasons. One is to reveal to me the nature of attack or the nature of this demon. And so we make a lot of headway a lot of times when those things happen. Mm-hmm. Um, the second part of it is too is, um, it helps me to develop virtue, even where I'm at. Even though I pray three to four hours a day, it, there's always some area of my spiritual life that he's going to continue perfecting and working on. And so it's the same thing here. I think that, you know, like you said, to become a special ops. In fact, just before you said that, that was the analogy that was running through my mind. Mm. You can be a good soldier and you have to be in a certain level of shape. But if you're going to be like, you know, a Navy SEAL or something like that, you've got, or a Marine, you've got to be on another level. So and but, unfortunately, we are now entering into a form of spiritual warfare, which is analogous to, you know, severe combat zone type of stuff that requires special ops just to survive yep. and get through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's why, too. And again, Father, this is all uh, based on all your amazing teachings, but I'm holding it up here again. This has that baseline best practices spiritual p- protocol to get yeah. ourselves in Navy SEAL shape. Uh, right. so, so that we can keep the, the, the demons at bay, so that we are, are mighty in uh, being uh, conduits of God's amazing grace to everyone around us. And, 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 uh, and it just to, to be able to be the, the person God has called us to be, um, there's a tired expression I like to use, but to be the best version of ourselves, right? I think uh, right. Matthew Kelly popularized that. But, yeah. <clears throat> but it's, it's a commitment. It's a dedication this this Lent is going to be amazing. I'm I'm convinced of it. And actually, we're going 90 days, so we're going all the way through Lent and Easter, all the way up to to Pentecost uh, this year. And we're getting ready because, uh, and here's what I say too: we have to reclaim surrendered ground. You know, the devil That's waltzed right. in like you know, no problem at all because we've been weak, and 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 we got to get strong, and we got to say, not my house, okay. And, and, you know, reclaim that surrendered ground, get that back for the Lord, uh, get that back for uh, this, this uh, one nation under God, right, uh, to reclaim that. But you, we can, with man, it's impossible, but with God, all things are possible. So we got to get tight into God. So, and so we're basically, we're cooperating to the best of our ability with the grace that God wants to, to, to use in us, Right. Yeah, I think that's true. You know, one of the things that I've, in the spiritual life, one of the things that's always kind of driven me further, I mean, I'm not perfect, perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but um, one of the things that's always, and even doing exorcism work, accepting to be an exorcist requires a certain like, okay. And it really boiled down to when I grew up, you know, working around my father day in and day out. In fact, one of the work, books I'm actually working on right now is called Shop Talk. It's about all nice. the philosophical things I learned around my dad. But, oh, nice. but, the, um, but one of the things that I learned is if I was unwilling to do something because it was difficult, then that was a sign that I had not, uh, that I wasn't a man. 
right? Mm-hmm. And every one, of, every one of us as men knows that if there's some area of life that, that's undisciplined and we know it and we keep letting it go or we don't do something about it, there's a chink that's taken out of our armor. Every mm-hmm. one of us knows that. And so the, the, basically my basic attitude is every man should buy your book, Father, and do it just to prove to himself that he can actually do it and be disciplined. Yeah. Nice. Because if nothing else, if nothing else, you know, they're going to have to, at some point, you got to man up. It's going to be yep. either here or it's going to be in purgatory. So you might get well it for it yourself, here. but also, also, you know, family members, friends, you yeah. know, that, that you know, walk with them, journey with them this 90 days that we're about to do. Um, yeah, or even fathers yeah. and sons doing it together to, exactly. to build that discipline. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Father, could you, I mean, could you talk a little bit about um, where you see our society is now? where you see it going. Uh, I know that's a very broad question and there's a lot that could be said, but in the last program we had with you, you, you focused on one of the key things you focused on was the demon saying that he's about to take away my power. Um, In a previous podcast that we had with you, you talked about the reaction of the demons lately has been like a demon that you see in an exorcism who knows he's about to get kicked out. And right. there's this stomping of a, of a juvenile delinquent yep. that's just throwing a tantrum. Right. But we're seeing now, as we record this, this saber-rattling and threat of war between Russia and the Ukraine. We see China flying into the Taiwanese airspace. We see right. all these types of things happening on that level. Right at this moment, there are over 50,000 truckers, they say, protesting what's going on yeah. in Canada. I mean, all these different right. things unfolding. Where do you see where we are now and where we're going as a whole, as a nation, as a world? Um, yeah, I, I think that um, there's two parts to it that I see. One is that the disorders, you know, every time you think that you've seen the bottom of what people can do, mm-hmm. someone comes up with a new low. Yeah, I know. And I, I don't think we've even begun to see the bottom of this. I mean, I think that we're going to see that there's two things. I think we're going to see the level of moral depravity drastically increase um, as, it, as it has been. I think we're also going to see um, the mental illness drastically increase, which is the, the number of people in our culture that I think have become mentally ill because they're, you know, I, they call it uh, mass psychosis, um, yeah. you know, and, you know, the uh, and formation. And there's a certain sense in which I think, I, I sometimes wonder if the term psychosis isn't a little strong, but I think that that's true, that the people, because people have become completely disconnected from reality. Yeah. And so I think it's just going to continue to get worse. I think the stuff that we're going to see on TV and that type of thing is going to become even more abominable. I think it's going to become even more disordered because these people can't help themselves, right? So there's that. I think that you're going to start to see that descent. As that happens, the demons are going to become more powerful. The geopolitical situation, I agree with you, is going to start to unravel because, as Fulton Sheen used to always say, um, that, you know, well, the trip, well, it's right in scripture, the wages of sin is death, but also the wages of sin is war. So this is one of the, which Fulton Sheen used to talk about, which I think is we're we're heading to something like that. Mm. Um, And I think it's going to come rather quickly. On a spiritual level, on an ecclesiastical level, as I mentioned, I think that the, the diabolic stuff is going to really increase. And so people are going to have to be more disciplined just to have any semblance of normalcy of their interior life and sanity. But, uh, and I don't mean to paint a really bad picture of this, 
Um, one of the things that just keeps coming to me over and over again as I see things happening within the church um, and even in the civil authority, but within the churches, I think we're coming to a time, and I said this um, about, I think I might have mentioned this maybe here, but maybe I didn't. About five years ago, I told people, this was before COVID, I said, if the lay people don't stop receiving communion in the state of mortal sin, God's going to retract their regular access to the sacraments. Now, I had no, that was wow. just by way of conclusion. Wow. This is how he's always behaved mm. in the past. You keep abusing right. something and eventually it takes away. Sure. So that's wow. what happened. But now I think the next thing coming down the pipe is people are going to have a hard time having regular access to a priest. Mm. I think that's coming. It will be short-lived. I don't think it's going to be that long, but I think we could be coming to something like that. Oh. And so I think that, and that's why spiritually, um, you know, and I, I don't mean to be chicken little and say the, 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 uh, the sky is falling, that people really do need to spiritually get where they need to be in discipline, in prayer, in the meditation, in the sacramental life, the Catholic life, to, to basically deal with what's coming because at least if you look at the horizon, all the worst possible things that could happen to us could be on that horizon. I'm not saying it is. It's ultimately up to God to determine the form in which he's going to um, to chastise us. But mm -hmm. we just have to be willing to see where that's going, what we have to do to prepare for it spiritually more so than any other way. And I've been saying, too, in God's permissive will, uh, part of what's going on here, maybe most of it, is that he's allowing this because we were weak. That's and right. it's almost forcing our hand to get strong. And we're exactly. realizing this is, you know, life is a classroom. We, we're, we learned a, a valid lesson. We, we got soft. We got weak. I, I was saying, too, you know, we got to be careful not to treat our religion like it's a good luck charm. You know, so so that I better go to mass or or bad things might happen. I might get bad. I might get uh, right. bad luck. You know, it, where's the intimacy in that? You know, where where's the desire to want to please God in all things in that? So, yeah, it's using God as an a means, not an end. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, he's who, who he's who supposed. To, you know, this all reminds me, and not to be made light of it, but this reminds me of the joke about the guy that's sitting in the boat. And he's throwing dynamite over the side of the boat. And a Raymond Fish guy comes up because the guy's collecting the fish as the fish come up from being stunned. Yeah, yeah. And the and the uh, the Raymond Fish guy says, "Hey, you can't be doing that. You can't be fishing that matter." So the guy lights a stick of dynamite and hands it to the Raymond Fish guy. Says, "Are you going to talk? Or are you going to fish?" So <laughs> you know that's where we're at in the spiritual life. You know, it, it, we're, as things are coming up, we can't just sit there. We're going right. to have to do something. Right. Yeah. So yeah. before we close, I just want to say, you know. Um, I, uh, all our listeners uh, love and, and appreciate you, Father Ripperger. Thanks for your dedication and uh, saving so many souls and, <clears throat> you know, keeping them from um, the demonic influence. Um, and I, I, I can't tell you how much, too, that y you basically wrote this because uh, this is all based on all of what you've been teaching and, and, and helping to reveal uh, to all of us is we don't want to be under the demonic influence. So we want to find that peace in our lives. And, and we know now that, it, that we, we got to buckle down and, and, and get strong and get disciplined and, 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 and truly make that effort to want right. to be with God. You know, that, that's what love really, it's a test sometimes, you know, if we just take God for granted, you know, like I said, the good luck charm or whatever, you know, that's not love. 
What is no. love is that I, I want to, I want to do anything I can to be close to you. And so this ha this contains the spiritual protocol that Father Ripperger was talking about, the baseline spiritual protocol, and we are going to get this ingrained in us, this uh, this Lent, and uh, going into Easter all the way up to Pentecost Sunday. So, uh, Father, thank you so so much for being uh, on with us today. Uh, again, I can't tell you how much how grateful I am. I know I speak for everybody that's watching right now too, for everything that you're doing and helping us to see more clearly how to be the best possible Christian son and daughter and but but as well to uh to keep the devil from uh influencing ourselves and and our loved ones so God bless you and thank you again thank you father. yeah thank you for having me on father I appreciate it in the name of the father the son the holy spirit amen. amen come holy spirit fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in them the fire of your love and may almighty God bless you the father the son and the holy spirit amen, amen.